0: Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit podcast, tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. Hello and welcome to the first Yorkshire Grit 2019 podcast. So today we are gonna be talking about masculine norms in, uh, in cycling, in elite sport, in endurance sport basically. We are joined by Johnny Brownlee and Tom Cliff, Dr. Tom Cliff, sorry, who (laughs) who I'll introduce properly. But I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight. A few people have been saying to me, Tom, why are you doing the show? Uh, Am I on some kind of quest? No, I'm not. Um, But a little bit on me as to where I've kind of got to at this point. I was listening to a podcast last night by Tony Robbins and this guy gave his his story. Uh, Grew up home. Northeast, uh, very dyslexic as a kid. Um, had to redo a year at school, which I'll probably never get over mentally. Uh, I think that's really stuck with me because that's kind of like, well, ultimate failure when you get off the bus and everyone's gone there and you've got to go left. It's like, well, I've kind of got to go and redo a year at school again. Um, pretty chubby, not saying I was fat, fat, <laughs> but I was pretty, you know, kids aren't nice. No, they're not. Wasn't great at sport. I remember playing for Town Boys, under 10s. Never played. Never came on. No, I did come on a handful of times. Um, So, you know, typical mum and dad get divorced, all that stuff. So I think I I kind of got to a place where I was like, right, well, I ain't ever – I ain't failing again. This is pretty shit. So I'm not making sure I can kind of go there. So ever since then, I think I've kind of – I think I've kind of had to do, I've had to succeed in anything I've done. And with cycling, Johnny will know, he was, you, were, you were there, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, I first met you probably 10 years ago now, when actually you did a bit of triathlon and then went into <laughs> cycling. He didn't like talking <laughs> about them days, but... Uh, I did. I did do triathlon.
0: I uh, Yeah, no, I did. And But no, the the idea of the show, I don't have an answer. I don't have it written down. Well, I've got it written down on iMac here, but um, it's just to help anyone. It's just to kind of maybe change the face of what... Masculinity is um, a stereotype. It's misguided. Be a man. Man up. Act like a man. Um, maybe embrace the vulnerability of saying, "Look, do you know what? I, you know, I, I know I'm a man, and I want to do really well at sport. But today, I just, I, I feel like crap. And today, I'm, I've been there. And I feel like when we were all training, John, I feel like we would all kid each other that we were all doing, we were fine. And there might have been times where I've got home and I've been like." I'm not fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. But anyway, so look, that's the podcast. That's the intro. Yorkshire grit. I am joined by double double Olympic medalist. Uh, how many podiums did you get in a row, John?
1: Uh, I think it was about 40, but uh, a lot less than the last few years. I'm not count? the best. <laughs> but, uh,
0: about 40. Uh, he's, yeah, Johnny's, Johnny's a Yorkshireman. Tyke? Tyke?
1: Uh, well, I'm a massive Leeds United fan, Leeds United fan, and... Yeah, very very proud Yorkshireman.
0: Aldi Yorkshire Tea adverts. <laughs> you were famous, well not famous. You were famous before then. In my eyes, I think you're unbelievable. But you were, uh, well, you and your brother have both collapsed in races, and they get. I still can't watch those videos. You know, I, I can't. watch I him, can't bro, watch them. Yeah. And, and my mum screams and cries. I was like, because <laughs> she's a big. My mum's a big fan of Johnny Niles, and I can't. Have you seen those videos of? I you? have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, even that in it in Shocking itself was a. It was strange for me because. For me it was actually becoming more well known for a failure in my eyes because I was well two hundred 300 metres away from becoming world champion. And actually it's a strange world out there when you actually get more recognised for failing than you do for actually doing well. How uh, was that a
0: failure? That is not a failure. Well, it was a failure
1: for my side because I didn't do anything else, I not get carried over the line. But uh and again, funny enough, the same thing happened to Alistair in, in London in two thousand and ten yeah, and I ran dude. straight past him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: brotherly love <laughs>
1: so there you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> automatically what Johnny said then it was a failure how would you, you you wouldn't look at it like that would you you would Tom would look at it Mr look anyway let me in, let me let <laughs> me introduce you because we we're, we're itching to get going here um I'm really lucky um I messaged Tom slid into his dms um and I said uh, uh Tom is at the University of Leeds he's a lecturer in clinical psychology in the clinical psychology program Tom went to Oxford even though he's really modest about it. So basically, Johnny, this guy here is really clever. So we've really got... Our- uh, <laughs> we've I really- don't know.
2: I, know. I know some stuff about stuff. and you know, I, I can waffle on, uh, which uh, I probably will do at some point during this.
1: Yeah, so we all met a few weeks ago, didn't we? And yeah, here we yeah, are. It was
0: good. And then we had the idea of doing this podcast on masculine norms. How do you feel about this topic? Well,
2: I'm really passionate about, about men's mental health, to be honest. Because good. men are typically... Not great at talking about their feelings or their mental health, um, and that can have a really detrimental impact on their lives and the lives of the people around them. Um, As we're seeing
0: in, unfortunately, suicide rates. All the media that's linked, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of one of the risk factors for suicide and for mental health difficulties is this idea of masculine norms and feeling. As men, that we have to live up to these norms, and if we don't, then that can be incredibly distressing and difficult.
0: Could you just, for people who don't know what a masculine norm is, what is a masculine norm? Good, if, if you... good question. <laughs> we hadn't actually we have not actually done this before, Joe. That was
2: actually what is what is a ma- what is a masculine norm? I guess so. Different different masculine norms can exist in different cultures. Right now, we're in a we're in a Western culture. So, what are the cultural norms to do with being a man
0: go to the pub get, the pub. <laughs> get married right. you've got to get married by get married uh what else would i say as a man get don't m- cry don't cry go boxing Get married
2: to a woman perhaps, <clears throat> so be heterosexual
0: yes uh, maybe 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 being a farmer maybe going to war maybe being in the army maybe doing uh so being a strong being yeah.
2: powerful
1: yeah um is it is masculine norm to be the, the most the biggest wage earner in the family or is that massively? A... I'd say that's
2: definitely a masculine Ma- norm. That's changing, but it's it changed. is, it yeah. is a, a masculine norm. So these norms kind of exist to show men how they should behave. Of course, not, like norms don't exist in isolation, do they? They exist and are constructed within cultures and societies. They're influenced by lots of different factors and they change over time as well. So, so you think of masculine norms over the course of history, Pop back to the Roman Empire, you'd have some dis- different masculine norms. You might have some similarities there, but you might have some differences. Well, I hadn't thought of it like that. What about in industrial Britain? Or You might have different expectations for being a man and how you demonstrate strength or weakness or how you have relationships. So things, things aren't fixed. Things do change over time. And I guess that's what we're trying to do with this podcast is to think more about those norms and how we might go about navigating them differently. This is the Yorkshire Grit Podcast so lads over the last four decades there's been some really interesting research in this area that has shown that if um, as a man you are really closely following some of these masculine norms then some things can be associated with that such as mental health difficulties anger and aggression violence interpersonal difficulties isolation unwillingness to seek help negative attitudes and hostility towards women body dissatisfaction alcohol and drug addiction risk-taking and also, interestingly, being less resilient. So oh, actually following these norms makes those can three. make you less resilient, okay? But here's the catch. Because you're crack. Right. Here's the catch. Men can also experience difficulties and distress because masculine norms can be really difficult to follow and live up to. Yeah. Right? I, have you guys ever experienced that?
0: Have I ever experienced a masculine norm difficult? Yes. Uh, yes, massively, yeah i didn't particularly want to go to uni uh, i'm very sensitive just the way i am mm-hmm. really sensitive person i would always be self-critical didn't look at myself for two years not mm-hmm. many people know that i had a real bad time looking at myself accepting who i was i think it was columbia went to columbia and finally looked at myself and i did a selfie i was like i almost forgot what i looked like and that was because i wanted to look mm-hmm. a certain way how f- how that is so wrong
2: but that's what happens. That is so and pathologically what, that's, wrong. That's what so ridiculous. many men experience, you know. So there are lots of reasons why it might be hard for men to live up to masculine norms. I mean, think about it. We're all human beings, right? So we experience emotions. Yeah? <laughs> but some people do. I've met some people. Yeah, but no,
1: but I agree. Everyone experiences emotions. <laughs> yeah, like. most people basically. don't.
0: You're not allowed to experience emotion. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, sports, you're not, you, you're, have to,
0: you have to be a robot.
1: Well, sport's an interesting one because sport the world of sport that that I've been in is basically kind of um it is all this masculine normals, but in a slightly different way. Mm. In a sportsman, an endurance athlete, you have to train hard. You can't show that you're tired. Nope. You uh, can't show that you're not enjoying it. Sometimes, you uh, you have to turn up to training even when you don't want to be there. Mm. Uh, you have to be on that start line ready. There's a lot of pressure on you to be on that start line ready to race. From pressure from coaches, parents, federations, fans, yourself is massive pressure. Um, so, kind of sport is 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 all this what we're talking. But in a slightly different way, like I say endurance. sport, you've got to be on that start line, ready to race. Turn up to training. If you've got a friend next to you who's pushing you on, you don't want to show any weakness, because mm. weakness is shown is seen in sport. As if you show weakness, then you are a worse athlete. Uh, and I believe I believe strongly in sport. The the mental side of it is absolutely massive. You know, I don't believe I'm the most talented athlete out there, but I believe I'm I'm driven. And um, Alistair's one of the only people who I believe in a race is tougher than me. But again, at the same time, it's a fine line between that being important, though, and that being dangerous. Because to uh-huh. <laughs> so some point, again, on the strength that I've had in Leeds, is a good group of young athletes came through together. And a group means that everyone pushes each other on. And although there are times, and maybe you, you do cross over that line, and I'm sure we'll come to that later, but um, you need that group to really, really push you on. Should we go back to talk about norms? Well, I think I think it's all it's all underpinned by that, isn't it? And and it my question for after what you, the point you brought up then is: what's easier then to change the masculine norms or to change uh, the the kind of feeling that we have to? Uh, follow the masculine arms. What's yeah. the easiest way to do it? That, that's, that's a brilliant question. Johnny, and that, that, is,
0: that, <laughs> is, that is
2: Oxford right there, you've, mate. You've, Can you've I cut, go to Oxford you've, you've, cut, you've cut through my script there. Oh, sorry. Because
0: <laughs> I was going to come on to some of that. So, um, um, do you know Johnny's got a degree?
1: I do, yeah. I've actually got three. I've got a, his, a history degree and I've got an honorary degree. Oh, no, honorary degree. leads uh, Leeds, Union law. Oh, so, Johnny, what were the masculine <laughs> norms in, in the Roman Empire there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess what... What creates this vicious cycle is there are these norms that are being created and continue to be reinforced by calling each other soft and things like that, and often by men, um, that are not only really difficult to stick to and may run counter to how we're really feeling on a, on a day, if you don't want to go for a run, for example, but they can also lead to the very difficulties and behaviors that go against the norms. You see what I mean? So they can actually make us feel... Weak, because we feel like we're not meeting the norms. Oh, but then the norms are telling day. us not to feel weak. Every day. And, and we get stuck.
0: I get you on that one. I've watched the film Billy Elliot. Have you seen Billy Elliot?
2: Yeah, great film. Of course, yeah. Great film.
0: That film, wow. Head of the time. Northeast lad, mining village, probably like Chesley Street. What does his dad make him do? Boxing. Boxing. Mm-hmm. Grayson Perry did a documentary recently. He's um, he sometimes dressed as a woman, really famous artist. Yep. Asked a load of guys in the Northeast, because that's where the highest, well, don't quote me on this, the highest suicide rate is with men in the North, like um, deindustrialization, no jobs, that sort of thing. And he asked these guys who are at these boxing, you're like, do you enjoy boxing? Like, do you do you, do you want to do it? And they're mm. like, no, 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 not really. So Billy Elliot, at least he had the balls to go, no, I ain't doing boxing. I want to be a dancer. That's, you know, he is going against, he was going He was going against, and and, and his mate, his, his his mate was uh, transsexual. I'm, I can't remember. Right, cross-dressed. Cross-dressed. But well, even the interesting oh, yeah. one
1: about that is he, he did do it, yep. but even him, he went away from it and he only came back because of that. The the mother of the other dancer uh, who went and found him and went and told his dad and brought Billy Elliot back to, to the gym. So he sh- he wouldn't have actually done it if it wasn't for her as well.
2: Unreal. It's interesting though because the example of boxing, because I, I do boxing, I do like sort of just one-to-one training just with like gloves and pads and things. And boxing is potentially a really hyper-masculine environment, isn't it? Masculine norms are rife or can be. Of course. Yeah. However, some, I don't know, the boxing gym that I go to, actually boxing is, co- is, is sort of thought about in a, in a different way, which is not related to those extreme masculine norms of sort of wanting to fight people or to be powerful. It's more about self-discipline, self-confidence. Yes. So that, I guess what this highlights is it's not black and white here. We're not saying all masculine norms are bad and all men are bad and we have to completely change them and get rid of them. Things are more nuanced than that. So like this boxing gym, for example, if it's set up in a certain way, it can actually promote what might be seen as masculine norms of sort of self-confidence and assertiveness rather than extreme unhelpful masculine norms of, of violence and power. And... I guess it's also important to to recognize that some people out there will have a completely different view to this and go well i i subscribe to these masculine norms i'm doing really fucking well you know i'm going to
1: carry on you know, we get brought up with sometimes looking at these these idolizing these people who can beat everyone up though weak we can the stronger they're uh, again it's back to what we're talking about and i think that one thing that sport has, has taught me is you meet lots of people of different shapes sizes mm different places all over all around the country or the world and they all have different strengths and it teaches you that those different strengths are very important you go, you go to Olympic Games you see because yeah, you've it, been in Olympic
0: Villages and you've seen you must have met some you must have met sprinters Olympic weightlifters.
1: The Olympic Village is the weirdest place you'll ever go to in the world. <laughs> uh, I've heard everyone just has sex. <laughs> not in I, my I experience. I yeah. also have heard <laughs> that. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no,
2: you're married. Um, Let's not go. <laughs> I can go and hang out in the (laughs) marriage bit.
1: You you see people from your gymnasts who are small but very, very powerful to sprinters who are are tall and, Mm. and strong and lean. And one thing that sport does teach you is to work on your strengths. And you, you know, we are all born in, in different with different abilities, mm. different strengths, and uh, to use those strengths because just because y- you you're a gymnast doesn't mean you're a less superior athlete. To Usain Bolt, for example. Um, so again, that's uh, it, back to masculine norms. If we all want to live up to be this kind of masculine superhero, is in sport it teaches you, you know, you can be different and still be successful. That's a great point, Johnny. Um- I guess I was thinking, yeah, alongside this, what are some of the
2: potential positive aspects or strengths associated with some masculine norms?
0: A, a masculine norm for me would be a man who, this is about men, so...
2: That, I'm, no, that that is a good point, actually, Tom, because obviously masculine norms... Can happen with can, women. Can, yeah, yeah. Can, will apply to women. Of and, course. And women will interact and navigate masculine norms as well. 100%. Yeah. A, a,
0: a masculine norm strength to me would be a leader, Saving Private Ryan film the other night, Tom <laughs> Hanks... Had to take a picture of that. I was I was touched by it because mm. he just been into battle, wants to cry, takes two looks, looks again, goes around a corner, goes into a dip, looks again, and then cries. And every time he cries, he's looking around because he just want someone to see him. But he's a leader, so and I put something up saying, "Well, I think he should be able to have a cry." And someone's like, "No, hell no, you mm. know,"
2: because of the because of the situation.
0: He needs to be he, he if he cries in front of his of plato- oh, his platoon. That's bad. And I was thinking, well, yeah, it probably is bad. But that's so linked to sport. There might have been times where you're like, you want to cry. Or I, I, there's been times where I probably want to cry. Yeah, because, like, because I,
2: we're human beings. We, we have emotions.
0: That's the first thing you said to me when I met you. Tommy, you're human. And I went, well, uh, you were, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Just you patting like, yourself down <laughs> to check. <laughs> you're it, like,
1: It's a question for you. How many times have you cried in front of people?
2: Do you know, I cry a lot more as I get older. Yeah. And actually, I cry a lot more as i've as i've sort of navigated these norms for myself and allowed myself to feel more so i, I yeah i i cry more i don't i don't cry in front of everyone <laughs> but, but I, I cry more
0: we are not here to say you've got to cry no not no. at all but 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 i think it generally is a good thing i cried on christmas day and i was like this has been like literally the worst day of my life i'm, I'm and i cried in front of four or five people who were like the closest to me and it was one of the nicest things so up there one of the best it's actually the lad who wanted me to said do this podcast james rudolph i'll give him a shout out mm. he actually go on, james he it's one of the best things i've ever seen in my life because i was just like i can't cope with this and he barged someone out the way ran over and just hugged me mm. and i was like if there's ever you know when you go about friends and family being the most important thing and not necessarily getting wrapped up in materialism your work or whatever i was like i had a moment i was like Phew, yeah, your friends and family do mean everything. Hang on, we didn't... Johnny didn't tell us when he
1: last cried. Ah. I, I, I can only remember... <laughs> this I, is, is going to be big. <laughs> I think I can only remember crying I, on three occasions, literally, in my, my whole life. I think yeah? twice when I've had bad news about an injury uh, because <coughs> my sport means a lot to me and when you get told you've got a stress fracture. I remember it now. I, I, <laughs> I was in Samaritz in Switzerland, hoping to be on a training camp, but I was on the training camp, wasn't doing any training. And I went for a scan and I walked up the uh, the stairs and the physio got some crutches from behind <sighs> the sofa. And I was like, oh, no, <sighs> and then I burst in And then I was all right until I phoned um, my parents and I burst into tears and they and booked a flight home. And another time in front of Alistair when I was injured um, mm. and my parents again when I've been injured. So I guess that shows how much sport means to me, but uh, not on the podium, though. Interestingly, I've never, ever cried on a podium. What, not even the Olympics or anything like that? Uh, no, we, we, Alistair herself joked about it, but never did. I don't think that's because I didn't want to show any weakness. I just think it's because it's a. I always used to hate when athletes say it's a surreal experience. I don't know how it felt, and but it was. I stood there going, that can't. That didn't really happen, did it? You know, I'm gonna have to go back to the hotel and then do it again. You know, even
0: it. even when they're playing the national anthem, and you can see your mum and dad in the crowd, and you've got an Olympic medal round your neck, you're telling me you didn't want to cry.
1: No, I didn't want to cry. <laughs> I'd have
0: been. I'd have been. You know, when people win Wimbledon. Yeah. And they were up in. I have run up in like pack P- 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 cash. I, the crowd. I envisaged that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that moment. I, I want to be crying like
1: fuck. Yeah. I guess so, that's uh, a different kind of crying. That's happiness crying,
2: right? Yeah. yeah, and, and, and also, Johnny, as you were saying, you actually didn't feel like crying. No. So, what, you know, why, why would you? You weren't not crying because you were, you know, you didn't want to be seen mm. as weak or anything. You just didn't feel it. No, I didn't. Yeah. And, and, and well, part, part of this is that's good that, that that yeah that's not what we're doing here today that mm. e- exactly but as 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 men we're, we're we're encouraging people to feel how they feel how they feel and to communicate yeah. that i think in, i would in, cry if in i healthy
1: ways yeah, if i had to do a press conference saying i was retired tomorrow and I, I, i'm like andy murray for example <sighs> that is, um, what yeah. are your thoughts on that we're well, not to say he retired you know because hopefully he still will get back to wimbledon or whatever or he carries on a, a bit longer i sympathize with him Massively, I, he's I been, can't imagine what he's going through. He's been in a situation, an athlete, when it's really hard for anyone to understand apart from himself and the people who have been around him. He's always been in pain for many years now, mm. and all, all athletes want to go out. Like the only thing I can ask is I retire on my own terms, and when I want to retire and uh, not get forced into it. And he's been—you can tell—he's been in pain. He's been going, I can't. You know I can simplify. He's been walking out to that tennis court, going oh my hips are hurting now I can't do that four hour mm. training session going that, to the next...
0: that, that would crack you
1: yeah and it finally has and he it's, it's interesting when you actually get to that point as an athlete when you, once you've done that because a bit of him will be um, relief that he's told everyone because he's told everyone what pain he's been through and relief mm. that he's actually drawn a line under it because sometimes when you get injured you actually get, you're actually quite pleased because you um, once you find out what it is and you've got a time scale and you've made a your decision you're actually quite pleased and I think a little bit of that has gone on
0: is that a masculine norm? And What's that? Andy Murray carrying on, bat- battling on.
1: I think he was battling on more for himself in that situation. Yeah, I don't I know he right. he he believed he could keep on going, and it only got to a point where he's in so much pain he couldn't. But that. But back to what I would say, I think that's the time when I would cry, yeah. if I had to. Mm. Uh, uh, if I finally, you know, knew that that was it for me, and I'd have to say that I think again that's probably because the sport means so much. <laughs>
0: the three times that Johnny referenced potentially crying mm. and crying. I think were times where they were out of your control.
1: Uh, out of my control because the injury was out of my control. Yeah,
0: and I would, that would, f- th- when I got, when I had pneumonia, I was like that because it's out because you can't control it. Yeah. Someone taking it away from you.
1: Yeah, I, athletes are, on the whole, control freaks mm. because you, you, think? C- you uh, yeah, you have to be to do it you want to be able to control the environment you're in what time you wake up in the morning what you have for breakfast what sw- what swim session you do you want to be able to control all these things and you dream about being so strong you can control the race and you can control your performance athletes hate the uncontrollables so getting a punch on the on, on your bike yeah. you go, if someone crashing in front of you <laughs> they're the ones that athletes hate um, but they're the ones you got put to the back in your mind so i agree when you can't control it uh, that is harder
2: so we, we've We've talked a bit about how, I don't know, we might do masculine norms a bit differently. Um, but going back to my previous point about what might some of the potential positive aspects of some masculine norms be um, that we might, you know, still want to yeah. engage with at times, yeah. what what might those things be? I, I've got a list from some research here which says things like taking care of people, problem solving, loyalty and commitment, humor, assertiveness, self-confidence, These and, are... and sort of healthy risk-taking. Yeah, some healthy risk taking. Yeah. Yeah. So um I don't know, John Johnny, have you have you have you have you struggled sometimes to to balance, you know, keeping some of these masculine norms and using them to your advantage, but also then also maybe feeling oh god, right now I, I really don't wanna suck it up. I feel like shit. I wanna
1: stay at home. Oh yeah, I do, but I think for me it's a lot of time is it's actually hard to to the people close to you, so the people you see day in, day out and keeping that kind of face on of of mm. you know, um, the You're a leader sometimes on the training group. You're the one who's deciding the route. You're the one who's got to stay positive. You're the one who's got to finish the session because if you're the the best athlete in the center, for example, you want to uh, show that you still have the best athlete. You want to be a good example. So there's definitely been times when, um, because of that, because I um, don't want to pull out, whether that's because... I believe I can't because I'm a senior athlete, or mm. because of the jealousy that other people are doing doing the session. I've had to put a brave face on and then got injured when it would have been far far easier to pull out of the session earlier and then not get injured. Again, you don't want to let people down of your coaches. You know, behind me there's a, a team of physios, coaches, uh, nutritionist, performance director, and people like that. And you mm. you. Don't want to let them down. So whether that's on the start line or day in, day in, day out of training. So because you, know, you
0: and you and Alistair are the golden boys of, you know, <laughs> you're y- y- you're on TV, you're on Aldi, you're, you're on everything. You know what I mean? Everyone uh, knows who you are. Well, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, but it's, that's a pressure though. That is a f- I, that is a because pr- like mm. if I
1: were you, and I remember saying this jokingly,
0: I'd be out. You'd, I'd be out nights out. I'd be you know.
1: Your pressure is an interesting one. It, I mean, it's a privilege to have that pressure, and that's what I keep telling yeah. myself. Yeah. I'd much rather be an athlete on the start line who's got a chance to win and is favourite to win, because it means you must be very good, mm. um, than being an athlete who's there to make up the numbers. And I've always told myself that, yeah, that pressure I mean, it is a privilege. And my, the big one, it, it, when I've gone into races fit and in control, i really. I think these masculine norms are a lot easier to, to live up with, live up to, because. Yeah you can't show weakness, you, uh, you you know you're in control, you know you're not going to let people down. Uh, it's those times when you're going, when you're unfit, when you're a bit unsure and you think that you might let people down, uh, you know, coaches down, mm. the uh, British triathlon programme down, that it does become tough and maybe I've crossed the line sometimes because people invest a lot of time in you. So, awesome. you know, we've had coaches who, when I've been to Olympic holding camp who have stayed on the Olympic holding camp in, in Switzerland until... Um, um, Their kid's literally been born, and they've literally gone down the mountain, caught a flight home to, and then seen the kid getting born, and then come back again like 24 hours wow. later. So you, it's,
0: we don't think about these things, uh, do no. we? No. no and so, it's so a lot
1: of people invest time in you, so you really, really don't want to let those people down. We just um, see
0: Johnny Brownlee on the start line, athlete. We don't. Yeah. None we, a, we, none we don't of appreciate
1: this. the complexity of it. No. Uh,
2: and and I guess Johnny, that that's something that really interests me, which is do different situations mean you can, you have to sort of engage masculine norms more and do certain situations lead you to actually going, oh, I can take a step back here. I can show my emotions more. I can tell people I'm struggling with pain. Do
1: do you find that different situations lead to different things? Yeah, definitely. The big one um, is my brother. (laughs) Having him around is a big, big difference. When he's around, he's the kind of lead of the group the okay. one who i can kind of st- take a step back and i can so show emotion to him sometimes at the right time uh, there's definitely been times when i should have shown more emotion to him mm. but then it all bottles over and then what in a do you lot mean of, by
0: that what do you mean you should have shown more emotion to yeah, him
1: times when i've been struggling with injury i've not wanted to ask him because i've not wanted to, to kind of again show weakness or i've not known how to ask him sometimes but when, well, alice, well, uh, when alice has been there he like i say i find it a lot easier him being the leader, if you like, Mm -hmm. the the leader uh, 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 of the pack. And I've been very fortunate going to two Olympic Games, one in very good shape. And secondly, with Alistair being there on the start line, taking the pressure. London 2012 was a perfect example. Um, Mm. You know, my first Olympics, I was 22 years old. (sighs) That's unreal. um, London, 22, first Olympics. That is astonishing. how How do you sleep the night before that? I actually slept really, really well. Uh, the, the most nerve-wracking moment was when we woke up and we turned on Breakfast News. <laughs> he's obviously staying in a, in a local hotel. And um, they were talking about the triumph on, on Breakfast News. And you're like, oh, no. I just said to Alistair, we better not mess this up now. Um, <laughs> wow. But having Alistair there really, really helped that. Yeah. And he was the one who um, I went into London knowing he's going to win it. Yeah. You know, he's the best athlete out there, so that takes a lot of pressure off me. We're not going to mess this up because at least he's going to win it. Least he, um, yeah. Yeah. And that allowed me to kind of relax a little bit right. and take the pressure off and know that, again, we're not going to let everyone down. Because again, going, going into Olympic situation, the way that UK sport works is it's a lot about medals and about winning medals. And if your sport doesn't win medals, then they get less funding. So, mm. British triathlon hadn't won a medal in the free, in many medals in the three Olympics leading up to 2012. So, on that start line, we knew there's a lot of pressure for us to win a medal. Otherwise. Basically, people would lose their jobs because because mm, you're the, you the Brownlee brothers, and uh, that's what you do. Yeah, but I got over that by one saying uh, maybe Alistair's got the pressure on him, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and so Alistair, you're top dog. Yeah, do and, you se- you and secondly, saying. by saying um, I went back to when I was a kid and why I did the sport, and said if if I can't enjoy this race, I'm not doing it for the right reasons. Wow. Um, I this, this Olympic race in London 2012 in Hyde Park will probably be the best race I ever do, and when I'm 50 years old in a pub. I want to be able to say I enjoyed that day. I can't want to be on that start line. Going. I remember I a, watching. That. I had a cracking day there. That was brilliant. And I wish I could we could try could enjoy it on him. video. Um, that is just, just.
0: Is that where Gomez punctured?
1: No, no. So uh, and, you, and
0: you go twelve. Come on, let's go, go, go. Um, no, not that one. No. I,
1: um, it's the one that I got a penalty, <laughs> but and, and we got for I was third. Alistair was first. But yeah, to answer your question about um, when it changes, Alistair's a big, big one with me. When he's okay. around, it definitely changes. Cause it allows me to take more of a backseat. So and it's you, you let Alistair have that that having to meet that norm of being top dog exactly, and, and I can... you take a step back a bit That's well, interesting, have, but
0: it? you haven't met Al have you I, I've never met Al <laughs> <Yeah>. well
2: <laughs> nope the, the, there's, a, there's a reason Johnny's here on this <laughs> <laughs> show not
0: Alistair. Al- Alistair I'd love uh, to get him yeah. on this show and just be like, be like what is this show about you are are you cry out? Alistair cry <laughs> show us emotion
1: <laughs> Alistair is the most de- de- determined person you'll ever meet right. and yeah, the yeah. most focused person you'll ever meet and I, I've always been the strongest person again I don't necessarily and he has opened up those. Me a few times and he is a bit more uh, um, emotional than I thought mm. um, bollocks but yeah not a chance I, I, another thing Alistair has been crucial for my career because I was a very underconfident kid I was mm-hmm. a very uh, you know, nervous kid and I would have never have believed in a million years that I could go to Olympic Games I yeah. would have um, but Alistair went to the Olympics in 2008 and I saw a brother who ate fish and chips who trained hard <laughs> who, who trained around Yorkshire who went to Olympic Games and I actually thought wow I can do that as well because if he can do it, Olympians aren't these special people who can can do amazing things. For him, my brother's doing one and I think that was a big, big moment for me when Alistair went to the Olympics in 2008. I was actually in the stand. I was watching him and it was a weird feeling because at mm. one, to about halfway on the run, maybe even three quarters away on the run. Was it in Greece? Uh, uh, no, Beijing in 2008. Uh, yeah. He was in Be- So <laughs> until about three quarters away on the run, he was going to win it. And I was actually in the, start, sort of in the stand going, I hope he doesn't win it because it would actually be a bit of a letdown because I thought Olympians Olympians were very special people. and If he wins it, then (laughs) it kind of wrecks it for me. Get a fish uh, and chip deal out of it. (laughs) So yeah, back to your point, Alistair has been very crucial for me because he has allowed me to take the step back at times. Do you have
2: times in in your personal life where where you're sort of, you know, away from that sort of hyper-masculine environment, so to speak, and, and you can relax more and do your own
1: thing? Uh, yes, I do, yeah, and it's one thing I've tried to do more as I got older is um, I think when you're in your, in your early 20s, sport is your life, Yeah. and as you get older, you do you do need more, more balance in your life, you need more balance because you, you grow up. Yep. You um, you know, meet girlfriends and uh, sport becomes not, not less important. I'm going to say it's less important, but it's not your life isn't just about sport. Yeah. And you learn when you're younger, the most important thing in the world is to swim, bike, and run. Yep. And I think as I've got older, i realized I actually really want, I, re- I still love what I do, mm. but I um, realize there's more to life and I want to enjoy a well-rounded life. And yeah. there has been times definitely now where I've really tried to get away from sport and it has been more important. And I think it's actually one of the big mistakes I made in my uh, early career is because even my life was all about sport and then the, you did a lot of commercial stuff after sport. I didn't really have a rest. I never, have, never had that break. Mm. So I actually got very mentally tired and it's one thing I've tried to the last few years is have a break from all that and at least for a few weeks a year, just go, it's nothing about triathlon. Yep. Um I've tried to set up my house. So downstairs is my garage where... Yeah, you uh, said that to me when we were I... was talking I, about this, weren't we? You said meal. about yeah. you
0: want upstairs to be... Because you've got Leeds United, you wouldn't think you did triathlon.
1: Oh yeah, well I've got two kind of. Um, well, my house is set up for two reasons. Firstly, I want a. Uh, there's been no excuses to go out the front door. So my house downstairs, my garage, my bikes on on the on the wall, easy to take off. My kit's there. Professional self, Tom. Uh You press a button, the garage opens, and off you go out riding. I don't want any excuses for me. I don't want to make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sat there going, oh it's cold, it's where oh my bike's hard to find, and my kit's hard to find, so I'm not going out want to make that. it as easy as possible. I'm a, m- the second one, the big one, is I like my house separated. So downstairs is my training clothes. That's where I come in. I can leave, leave my muddy kit. I can leave my smelly shoes. And the middle floor is uh, relaxing. There's no sport. There's Leeds United shirts on the wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> and, uh, and things like that. So that's when I can really switch off and... Whether I, that was actually conscious thought, I don't know. Whether it just happened, yeah. and it means that I now, when I'm on the middle floor, it is not about on. Yeah. And as I got older, that has become more important. The Yorkshire Great Podcast with Tommy Bustard.
0: I've known you for a long time, and this is, you know, I've seen you. You've changed so much as a person. You are now someone who I'm like, you know, you're just so more well-rounded. I don't think you'll give yourself credit. Thank you. Well, actually, back to because like, yeah. you'd be so absorbed in, yeah. I know what you said about you have two weeks off triathlon, but you you mm. kind of don't in your head.
1: No, if, if 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 you'd gone back 10 years ago, how you would have never done this. Yeah, but how I am now would I actually see I'd have seen it as a weakness, mm. um, so, because I would have seen the more well rounded, exactly. Uh, yeah, the more uh, someone who <laughs> goes to a cinema in the evening and doesn't just sit around and think about triathlon all day as a weakness i would seen that as a, a a bad athlete as someone who's not giving it 100 percent. um and i think now i've actually appreciated that not that there's a there's more to life for sport which there obviously is but a balance is good and balance can actually be a strength rather than a weakness absolutely yeah i think i think that's what we've been sort of getting to
2: tonight isn't it that, that we can try and find a balance between you know these masculine norms so you know a,
1: a yeah, mas- but, yeah
0: but is that possible in sport. Well, yeah. if you want, because this is what it comes back down to,
1: Tom, is it possible to have a balance? Because you can not if you want to be the best. I cool. think you can have a balance to, to a degree. You obviously can't go too far the one way and, and not train hard enough and miss sessions. But as long as you have that balance so that... Well, if, if one thing I've learned about good athletes, you know, um, when you go to Olympics and your medal, you get invited to on great things afterwards, you meet some amazing people. And one thing I learned with them is they are very good at switching off. Mm. They're very, very, very good at switching on and when they need to be on, they're on. So when so they're good. on a training camp, whether that's in Mo Farah's in Kenya or swimmers up at Sierra Nevada at Altitude, they're very good at switching on. But they're very good at switching off as well. And that switching off doesn't have to be six months on, month off. It can be 20 hours on about sport, uh, two hours playing FIFA yeah. and switching off. So, well, yeah, I, th- I think... Yeah,
2: Johnny's on something there. So you c- you can find a, a balance within different situations. So it might be that you know if you if you're in your sort of training mode and you know the masculine norm there is to is to power on through and you might have to do that, okay. But then you can get a balance within a different situation like when you're at home and you, I don't know you want to go to the cinema or play FIFA or something. Yeah. And then you can go right. This is my conscious decision to actually step away from that environment for a bit and do something that's going to help me.
1: I, I think it has taken me but 10 you, years of professional sport to learn that though.
0: You have to have had some shit happen to you to, to, to get that philosophical.
1: And to put it back into a sporting context for me, again, a, a similar thing is I used to be the most routine person in the world. Yeah. I used to, it was Tuesday, I'd have to run twice, run hard in the evening, swim, swim hard in the morning. So in the last few years since I've had injuries more than anything because when, when you don't run for four or five months, you learn a lot and you learn that you get back fit in a month. So you actually go, wait a minute. Why am if, I killing? if I miss that half an hour run once on a Tuesday, is that going to cost me? I know, um, yeah. And now I've, it has taken me 10 years to learn that that half an hour run, it might cause an injury, it might put you out for four months. That's one side. But if you don't do it, you might avoid that. And it has taken me a long time to realise that that can be the case. Yeah, and,
2: uh, guys, this isn't easy. <laughs> what we're talking about. No, it's not. Challenging masculine norms that have been there for And hence why forever. So, many, so many young lads
0: are, you know, we haven't mentioned about the amount of young lads who are struggling out there. You know, I get messages. I'm not joking. I get messages daily now off young lads. Not not young, but I get messages off men going, do you know what? This is really helping. This is because I've really struggled to talk. That's what it all comes back to.
2: Yeah, and also it's not easy because we might not even notice it some of the time. You know we, we're creatures of habit and we might just get stuck on autopilot and not actually realize what might be quite damaging for us.
0: But how so to go back to the whole because I wrote it down here, we spoke about when we had that meal one thing 100% or five things 80%. And Johnny, you automatically went, I ain't doing five things 80%, I'm doing one thing 100%. And I was the same, I couldn't do five or five football, yeah. go to the gym, boxing cycling i'm like now nah, i need to be the best at one thing but that's
2: interesting isn't it because johnny you're kind of alluding to actually that might not be fully the case anymore
0: why do we feel we have to be unreal like I, what, I, yeah. I i can't i have to have a sense of purpose and if not i'll literally explode
1: what yeah why is that a masculine norm
2: why is
0: why the f- that is the biggest masculine norm that kills me
1: I, I can't really answer that but one thing i have learned is perfection doesn't mean perfection all time what do, <laughs> what do you mean uh so perfection yeah from what i've learned from my sporting career doesn't mean every single again to come back to sport contact every single single thing you do is perfect right because uh, one you have got to make mistakes to learn from them, and you, secondly because you're human and, and technically week yeah. in week out it is i've <laughs> it's impossible to be perfect in every session so perfectionism and the drive
2: to be perfect as a masculine norm is such a good example of how we might try and find a bit of balance there or a bit of flexibility there because there might be some things that we go right actually I'm gonna to have to dial it in here and here I have to be more perfect and there might be other situations where you go actually I can ease off a bit here I can be a bit more
1: flexible the point is is that we can choose to do that I completely agree and again to go back to sporting context in that is for me there's two or three sessions a week that I try and do very, very well. The rest of them are endurance training where it doesn't... You can switch n- off. It doesn't matter so much for today I ride a bike for four hours or three hours 45. <laughs> four hours or three <laughs> hours 45. Or, or three or three thirty, or, but, or sometimes three but, hours. But, 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 but back in the day, you would have been like, I ain't I'm if even if it's raining I'm doing this. Or I'd have to go back and go on the rollers or the turbo yeah, yeah. to make I, up the I last time. Like I used to be like that, I But then I've kind of learned that uh, again That's, you that's not sustainable. As long as the key sessions or those key things in in, in daily life are as perfect as you can be. Again, they can't be 100% perfect all the time. Um, but as perfect as you can be, then you can afford to not be perfect a lot of the time. No athlete, no no athlete out there does a perfect session week in, week out, and feels good every single time yeah. they put those running shoes on. That's just not true.
0: But then I would, uh, but then I would, I would beat myself up the way I am if I get dropped on chain gang. If me and you were to go out for a ride, I would, I would tear myself apart.
1: Yeah, but then hopefully you'd be able, now with a bit more context around. Oh, you'd be you'd be able to go, all right, two week, two days time is a race, and if I do well in that race, then that overrules everything that I've done. If I had yeah. a bad session, it doesn't matter as long as I, I have a, a good race, you know. You can't be perfect all the time. And in this day and age for athletes, it's, it's quite hard because there's, there's more pressures on them. You know, Instagram and social media are great and they're really, really useful as an athlete to get sponsorship and, you know, but uh, no athlete ever puts a bad session on Instagram. Well, that's why <laughs> that, 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 um, we,
0: we, We're going to do a podcast on social media. We are. We, yeah. we are doing one. Yeah. Because as soon as I started doing the short Grit stuff, I had messages people going, Tom, we're really worried about you. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to be honest now. Mm. But in doing that, I'm leaving myself open and vulnerable. But in doing that, there's a weight off your shoulders. Because it's so nice just to go, yeah, you know, yeah, shit. I feel shit today. I didn't get out of bed again. Yeah, didn't get out of bed again. Really wanted to drink, not drink, but I really wanted to just self explode in some way. You know what I mean? And it's, is that a masculine norm? Me. Or Johnny having or any person to portray positive life, is that masculine norm instead of me just going nah, shit today, haven't done anything. Just just done nothing today.
2: Well I guess it, it links back to perfection, doesn't it? And I guess potentially if you're, you know, posting, you know, perfect photo in a perfect location, you're conveying potentially status, power, all those things. Materialism. Yeah, maybe. Which is linked to people being depressed.
1: It that is a good, t- there, a good section that The good section basically in conclusion, what we have said is you don't need to be perfect all the time and no one is perfect all the time. Whether you you're uh, saying Bolt, who I think every time he puts the golden spikes on, he runs really fast, that's just not true. Absolutely, because you know, the
2: stats would back that up as well, right? Because you've got your sort of average performance and then you've got variation around that. That's just what happens. Yeah, <laughs> hang well on.
0: hang on, I'm gonna have to stop you both right here because the biggest thing that I got into my head for a long time not to make this about me was what time I got up in the morning I used to say it to you didn't I and do you know what I used to think about you because hmm. I know what time do you go swimming on the morning 6.37 well
1: this morning it was 7 so I was up about 6.20 right
0: my I'd get up at some hideous time and I'd look at my alarm clock Tom and I'd go oh fuck Johnny's already had avocado on toast <laughs> he's already done swimming he's probably mm-hmm. come back gone for a jog and I've not even got out of bed yet, and that for me was like—you're talking about comparison, aren't you? Yeah, comparing the whole, yourself, and that's the main topic that I wanted to say. Don't compare yourself to someone.
1: This is the perfection thing. Hey, we're on the summit with this. Well, the, the, the comparison of something, again is very, very crucial in but, athlete in all world. Because, but that must
0: be nigh on impossible for you. And I don't care what you say because how can you not compare yourself? A to your brother, A to the people on the start line. When, when John Peterson goes, who, who, by the way, I love. He goes, "Don't compare yourself to someone. Only compare yourself to who you were yesterday." I'm like, right, okay, but that's what motivates me.
1: Yeah, and it is in this day and age, it's very hard not to compare yourself to people. All the tools we've got: Instagram, Strava. You can, I can look up everyone's everyone's wattage they've put out. Yeah, mm. ten years ago, I'd have no idea what my my opposition are doing. One thing that I that taught me, it's still very hard because on one side you're very very competitive because that's why you do sport because you're competitive you like racing on the other side you have to switch off that competitiveness and i always say uh, the best athletes are ones who can switch on and on on and off the 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 most and the easiest so you need to be competitive at the right time you can't be competitive all the time those people who want to compete over absolutely everything will never be super successful because they'll use it up at the wrong time i believe anyway Whereas one thing that Alistair and myself have, have had to learn as we grew, or got older as we, you know, is you don't want to be competing all the time. When it's an easy swim, an easy run, there's no point competing. But when it's Olympic Games, fair enough, do all the competing that you want. And again, getting injured taught me that because when you're injured, you start from a lot lower level than your people who you're around Mm -hmm. and you learn to focus on yourself and you learn to focus on uh, just because that other person is doing a four hour bike ride, you're not ready for that. You did did an hour today, but that's an hour more than you did yesterday. So that's Mm -hmm. an improvement. So you learn very quickly. You have to compare yourself to yourself, not to the other person. Mm -hmm. It is very, very difficult when you're in a squad environment of 20 athletes who are all trying to be very competitive, all trying to reach a top level. Mm. Um, So teach yourself that it's not about them, it's about you. And the only way you can do that is by learning to do it, basically.
0: That's what I was going to say. How do you... That takes years of craft.
2: Sure, yeah, it's difficult. Because also I think humans generally... Compare. Compare, Yeah. yeah, regardless of what situation you're in.
0: What car do you drive? How much do you earn? What who's getting married now? I'm like, oh shit, mm. I'm another wedding invite. Automatically, <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, I need to get married. H- I think that is, I generally think it's nigh on impossible not to compare.
1: I f- comparing it in different ways. Like for me, for example, mm. you know, the car you drive or whatever is not, not as important as, um, as how fast a person runs. <laughs> so yeah, people compare in different ways. Hang on.
0: This is what I wanted to say about you. Uh, some people might think that uh, athletes who do triathlon train X amount of hours a week live a, a narrow life and one of just, you just train. You, uh, and, and and they'll say, you don't have a life, you just train. My argument to that is, after reading this book about materialism is, you know, you've probably got a bit of money stashed on now. You're, you're probably doing better than your average 27, 28 year old, whatever. But you are the least materialist. You, <laughs> you're up there with my dad. You're Thank one, you, that's a good you, thing. You, you're one of the least materialistic people I've ever met. And then and then this book says that those people are the happiest because Johnny's not... What you're striving for is the best good. You're striving to be the best person that you can be. You're not there for the money to then go out into Leeds, spunk a load of money in Jake's bar, <laughs> buy a Stone Island jacket and think you mint.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's success. I guess it's everyone wants to be successful and it's how you judge success. Some people judge success by having a nice car, a nice house, good, nice holidays. For me, I think from being very, very young, I've realised that success is achieving things, and for me, achieving things in in sport. In school, uh, again, I worked hard. I got good results. But I didn't necessarily see that as successful. It's more important for me to to win the local cross-country race. So, again, it just comes down to what you see as successful. And that's completely dependent. That We could talk about that for hours. About. And is that all right, Tom? Is that... I don't think it's, it's not about better. I think it's about, that's it. um, it's, it's relative to, to each your, your in, your, your nature, your nurture, what you see as successful. You know, some people who, who come out of a, you know, start, leave school at 16 and then, um, they get a job, see success as, as getting a nice car and that's completely fine. Um, if that's what they succeed, see as success and want to strive to do that. Other people see success as running a two ten marathon. It's just, that's what's great about the, the human being, is it? Is everyone's different. My dad inst-
0: instilled in me, because I was dyslexic, it mm. was education, like Tony Blair. Education, education, education. And I was like, well, I'm really, I'm not clever. I'm German, I can't spell it. Like, look at my handwriting there. Can you read that? That piece? I, I, can, I can, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had to do it in couples. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that I, if people. I, I, I wish to God he'd maybe said, Tom just ain't that clever. Let's maybe let him do a sport. You know, that's pushing, not having to go to... I didn't want to go to university. I did not want to go to university to do human geography. I didn't want to do it. So why did I feel like I did it? Because I felt like that was the... That was what was expected of you? Yeah, because I remember the conversation we had. It was, well, how are you going to get a job if you don't have a degree? And I was I remember thinking, well,
1: I don't know. You know,
2: I'm not sure. So actually, you've touched on even broader cultural norms, not just masculine norms there.
1: Yeah, cultural norm is to go to university where well, you fought yeah. your parents Well, there was a boom. I'm
0: generation. Am I generation X? No, I'm generation.
2: Generation whatever you want to be, Tom. Hmm.
0: Baby boom, all that sort of stuff. You're not a baby boomer No, no. no. <laughs> but anyway, wh- whatever I am, there was, when we all left college, it was like, we're all going uni. There wasn't hardly anyone who did a, uh, an apprenticeship. It was weird. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Everyone went to uni. And I remember thinking to myself, don't really want to go. Yeah, don't I don't. I,
1: I completely agree with that. That's a, that's a wider kind of picture mm. thing, isn't it? everyone in the world has got strengths and weaknesses you know my strength might be sport my weaknesses might be standing up and talking in front of people or that kind of thing you know I, everyone's got strength and weaknesses i think you're getting
0: i think you're, you're giving yourself discredit johnny oh. i've seen i've <laughs> seen you improve as such a person i think it's absolutely i was going to hug you outside <laughs> me and johnny just went to the side. why toilet. didn't you well, I, I know because come on i still feel a bit <laughs> i don't know I still, feel, I still felt a tiny bit awkward like I'll we'll, we'll have a group hug at we'll smash
2: those norms come I've, on boys I've, I've seen Johnny
0: change as this person who would get off a plane at Lanzarote would go to the Club La Santa at 10 at night and I remember you a fear of panic across your face because you hadn't run <laughs> and you went upstairs got into your kit ran at like 11pm at night that's fine that's fine but I've seen you now as a person who was just like this guy I'm going to go out for a route with this guy I'm going to, this guy now is, he's, you know, <laughs> he's coming, this guy's coming to my wedding because he's someone who's, oh, you know, wedding, I didn't,
1: when's that going to be? <laughs> hey, <laughs> lol.
2: <laughs> um, guys, can I finish on with one question? Yeah. 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 So we, we've, we've talked a bit earlier about how difficult it can be to, I guess, firstly even notice these norms. And then once you've done that, how do you do them differently? How do you navigate them? How do you, do you change? Um, I guess I'm aware I'm I'm incredibly privileged. I get, you know, paid to research this and I'm in a in an environment in which I get to to try and navigate masculine norms without being challenged or, or punished, so to speak. So I'm I'm massively privileged that I get to do that. Johnny, you're working in a in a sporting environment that can be, you know, hyper masculine and challenging. Tom, you've been in that environment. How
1: do you guys do it. If, if I'm honest, before we started the, the podcast, uh, I didn't even know the term masculine norms. I, I And when you asked the first question, what is a masculine norm? I looked down and thought, I hope he's not asking me this because I, I don't really know. Um, but then obviously after thinking about it, and there's, there's a lot in sport and, um, you know, how, what am I going to do differently? I think I'm aware of it now. Mm. And I think I'm, what I have become more aware, as I keep saying in the last few years, is uh, well, firstly, it's okay to show some kind of weakness. Weakness doesn't, showing weakness isn't weakness. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. Um, everyone and also be, everyone has on days, everyone has off days. Everyone has days when uh, things aren't going very well. Everyone has days where they're, where they're struggling and that's not a weakness. That's just normal. Yeah. And for me, I'm definitely, I've learned to put things, uh, you know, things that are very, very important to me and i less important, a bit more balanced in life and realize that that isn't a weakness and things happen in life that you can't control. And again, that isn't a weakness. Um, so I think for me, um, thank you. <laughs> I have learned that over the last 10 years, but I've mm. only really been able to summarize it in the last hour. <laughs> so <laughs> um, um, and, <laughs> and another thing for me, if, if 10 years ago, I would actually have been scared of talking about this, not necessarily because it up, but actually because I wouldn't want to go deep into my psychology because I was too scared of what I might find. Have, have, uh, have, and also that might that might be a yeah. bit of a weakness. Of, of, I've lived in a world of sport where you go and train, you train hard, you work hard. And I've not really wanted to challenge that of, of, of why I do it. Like the, yeah. the question I've always hated it is. Um, how do you manage to train for 35 hours a week? And I've always been scared of answering that because <laughs> I've always thought if I can answer that, I might actually find something that, that, that I don't want to find. Um, it's just something that I've done. You know, I've gone up to go, since I was eight years old, I've been swimming five or six times a week. That's just what I've done. It's what you uh, do, it's uh, who you are. So I've always been a bit worried about um, unearthing something that I didn't mm. want to find and maybe question it a bit too much because if you start questioning things, maybe again, that's a weakness Um, and you might start to not do them because you question them. What do you Um, think? I I think it's, I think it is what I've learned is it's not a bad thing to ask yourself, you know, why and question these things and question why you do things, the positive doing things, the negative doing things. But it
0: takes a, it takes a time to get to that level To I can't do that at 20 years old. we have seen it takes time.
1: You, it does take time. It's it <laughs> a different time, different people. Exactly.
2: You could do it at 20 years old, or it might take you know a, a longer mm. or, or even shorter. I guess, Johnny, what you're saying is actually what a lot of men experience, which is being afraid to maybe you know delve a bit deeper and to talk about these things. You know what? I'm going to shock you. <laughs> men can learn how to speak about emotions, and they can express emotions in productive, articulate ways. The norm would say we can't. Yeah,
0: we but can. we can oh, I, sp- I speak no, with men no, every day no we no can. no the, the norm isn't we can't the, the norm the, is the we, norm. we're not allowed
2: yeah it's both i think we, we, we're, we're told we're generally not allowed we're told, to do it. yeah we're told we're not allowed but we're also told we can't as well can i just say
0: something really not funny at all I said to me mum, doing this podcast thing on men's mental health and she's <laughs> she's one to talk but uh she went oh god can't men just be men <laughs> what what what's all this crying mm. and stuff ah, oh, no, I like my men to be men. I like him like Russell Crowe. I like him like Russell Crowe, Tom. I was like, okay. Was like, was <laughs> Gladiator. Like, yeah, no, that's what she, she was, generally, that's, that's what that, she was that's like. the Roman Empire again. <laughs> that's what she said. She said, she said, I want my men to be like Russell Crowe. None of this crying, in my lap. She said it. Oh. I nearly, I should have recorded it, but I was too
1: shocked. It's absolutely fine to be a man who is still a man.
0: Yeah, he, absolutely. He, absolutely.
1: Who she said then that the men can talk. My question is there: Do all men have the the outlet, the, re, the the to talk, and how does it happen? For example, in my world, um, in we're in a very team environment. We have coaches, staff, but there's always someone in the British Triathlon who you can talk to. Mm. That there can be different people for different for different athletes. You know, for some people it might be very close to a coach. Other people might be very close to a physio. Other people might be very close to a nutritionist. It doesn't matter, but it is definitely that person that you can talk to in the other daily world that's not as simple as that, who can you talk to? Well, Or who should you talk to? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um Samaritans,
2: the, Mind? Yeah, I, on a positive note, you know, men are talking more and being encouraged to talk more. And there are groups opening up um, that, that, you know, get men in and get them talking. So, you know, I'm thinking of Andy's Man Club around here.
0: That's supposed to be really good.
2: Because
1: um, I would really struggle going to someone who I didn't know initially. I don't know if that's just me. Are you talking I, about counselling? I'm, I'm just talking about the first stage of opening up. Yeah, you have you
2: have um, phone lines like the Samaritans, where you might—I don't know—people might feel a bit more comfortable talking yeah. to someone over the phone in the first instance. You have uh, your, your GP as your first port of call as well. If if you really are you know struggling with mental health difficulties, you can go to your GP or you can call up your local mental health service. I appreciate that might be difficult, and I guess alongside those you know sort of more official routes, just identify one person in your life who you feel, you know, you can talk to safely and get in touch with them. That's what I would recommend.
0: Johnny, um, I keep on saying not to make this about me because I don't, we've all said, and we've all said these podcasts, I almost don't want people to know what I look like. I just want to, I want to be like Banksy. I want to turn (laughs) up and do it because it's for the people. But um, uh, I've had a really crap Christmas Neighbour downstairs, other stuff, really bad. So uh, got a phone call from my dad, loads of people over there saying something we're really worried about here. And I and I you know, I was in a bit of a, I was in a, I was low, really, really low. So just to go to what you've said, how do you how do people do it? I had to go on Google. I had to type in counts men's I think I typed in men's count men's mental health counselors leads or something. But did you talk to a friend or family member before, or did my you? My dad rang me. Oh, Thomas, I think you should say. Uh, yeah, he was like, you should see someone. And my mum was like, oh, uh, no, antidepressants. We haven't even spoke about the the first thing anyone ever says. Are you on antidepressants? Mm. And I was like, yeah, th- they didn't do shit. <laughs> they didn't. They generally didn't do shit. Um, Although saying that they can work
2: for some people,
0: yeah, hundred percent. For me, no. Found found a guy on Google uh, who does therapy. rang him up. He answered, "Hi, uh, is this who will come to? Can I come and book an appointment? I think I'm pretty. I'm really desperate." And he said, "Yeah, that's fine. Um, This is my name. This is my number. This is how much it costs. Uh, This is what we can speak about. This is what we can do." Here's my time Friday. So this Friday, this free this Friday coming 3 p.m. This is where I'll be.
1: The Yorkshire Grits Podcast.
0: Johnny, what are your final thoughts on today? People who may be suffering, in a nutshell, go.
1: Uh, Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Tom and Tom. I made it very easy. Um, And my final thoughts are that uh, it is okay not to be perfect all the time. Um, As an athlete, I've 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 realised that, and in normal daily life. It, it, not everyone is perfect. so And not having perfection all the time shouldn't be seen as a weakness. It should be seen as a norm. Tom, what would be your point? Well, firstly, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome.
2: Um, I think we risk shutting down discussion and exploration of these issues around masculine norms if, we, if we're focusing exclusively on what is wrong with men and masculinity and not exploring some of the potentially more positive aspects. So I, I, I think hopefully people have got that message today. Um I think we we must also acknowledge that some things need to change. Um and I've seen yep. directly the frankly devastating impact that that men adhering to these norms can have on themselves and the people around them. Yeah. Okay, so there are some things that that have to change or mm. I hope change. 100%. Um but at the same time we we've, we've talked about how how to maybe navigate these norms differently um at different periods of time and in different situations. Um and I hope that's also something that people take away. That we, we, once we've identified these things, we can hopefully change them, and that can hopefully have a, an impact on on our mental health in a positive way.
0: I think they're both two awesome points to you know leave this first Yorkshire grit show on. It has been an absolute pleasure to have Johnny the Hitman Brownley.
2: <laughs> What's Don- my nickname? <laughs> I had cliffhanger at school sometimes. So. <laughs>
0: um, awesome. I hope that no one is in such a place where they need to feel like they need to ring a helpline but uh, I know somebody who works for Samaritans so can you please ring 116123 that's 365 days a year, that's 24 hours that's the Samaritans, give them a ring, I'm sorry we can't give you anything more than that at the moment but we are working on it, someone always there for you we're always there for you, I'm always there for you you're not alone, you're doing really well thank you so much to the two guys who have come on, um, this is the first time we've done it, it has, you know we hope People enjoy
2: it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, having us been good fun.
0: It's a a learning curve. I hope it goes well. I hope Leeds United uh, mess up, don't get promoted. I'm actually going to the Borough game. I'm uh, I'm actually going. I'm actually going to the Borough game, and I don't even support Borough. (laughs) That's how (laughs) much. All right. Tune in next time. guest to be revealed thank you Johnny uh, are you coming back at some point
2: <laughs> I'd love to come back yeah, I, I've John, really enjoyed it thanks yeah. for having me and, uh, we'll get and nice and a, a cup of delicious Yorkshire tea yeah, Yorkshire tea as yeah, well c- and can we get
0: unlimited supplies of this Yorkshire tea is this true
2: I'm sure I can sort you out some Yorkshire I tea I love Yorkshire tea I, yeah. I genuinely do uh, <laughs> what a plug <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright goodbye for now thank you very much for listening
1: the Yorkshire Grit Podcast subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify